What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Nerd Wide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, it's been a it's been a week with this movie we watched, but other than that, how was the rest of the week? Uh pretty good. Yeah. It's uh we I hope are through with the cooler weather here in Nashville. <sighs> I need it uh, so bad. And it's getting bad that Jeep out in the driveway. I'm like, I want to take the doors off. But when I go to the gym at three in the mornings and it's, you know, 40 or 30 degrees outside. Yeah. I just, I'm like, nah, yeah. I'll wait a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's been up and down, you know, my sinuses have been feeling it. Yep. So. it every time, man, it's yeah. horrendous, but ready for it to be warm for a while. Yes. And then beg for it to cool off for like two months before it finally does. So. Uh, listen, I just want some spooky season. I'm, I'm already ready yeah. for Halloween right? and I keep seeing more and more stuff. I don't know, like it's on TikTok and things like that. I'm like, oh yeah. I, I, I was want to actually, enjoy summer, but I want to get to Halloween. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, you know, last year, for those that didn't listen, we did our um, our Halloween film reviews, mm-hmm. our horror movie reviews, September and October. Tyler, I really wouldn't be upset if, if we extended it to August. <laughs> August. <laughs> Beginning of fall, just go ahead and start the Halloween movie, I thought. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that because that's, I mean, did we do our, our Christmas stuff in November? I think we did, right? I think we started like Thanksgiving weekend or something. Okay, that's what it was because it's illegal to celebrate Christmas or do anything Christmas before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh man, we might have to. We have to see how the weather does because if it's if it's not a little bit chilly outside, then I can't do it. But if it's yeah. starting to get chilly, then then we could talk about it. Um, right. Quick housekeeping before we get into this episode: we've got two shows to review for once, and then a bunch of things to talk about for future of the show for the next coming up weeks. But until then, this is Nerdwide Podcast episode 107. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating whatever podcasting service you use. If you don't enjoy the show, there's something wrong, something's messed up audio-wise, video-wise, let us know down in the comments uh, so we can fix it. Can't fix it if we don't know what is wrong. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers for different monetary values for a bunch of different goodies. Uh, I think the highest uh, one there is like $7 a month if you want to subscribe that way. You can always, you know, also on that one, let us know what you want to watch, listen to, play, read, any of that kind of stuff, and talk about on the show all because of your patronage. But other than that, I want to know, Chris, before we jump into our TV section, have you been playing anything uh, watching anything exciting <laughs> TV wise shows over folks. We're already in games. <laughs> uh, not really. No, I, I checked out extra movie this week. I've been doing some extra, uh, gaming this week, so I didn't have time to, to watch. See, that's the, the opposite for, for me. I feel like I've had more time screen wise. Like I've been watching, um, I watched Wolfpack, the, nine episode series of the spinoff of teen wolf not good i do not recommend that for anybody um sarah michelle geller is obviously one of the main actresses she did fine the storyline is terrible uh, especially if you watch teen wolf or the movie it's just not good and it makes no sense like the retcon a bunch of things and didn't make any sense whatsoever i think on tv time I gave it like two stars because i mean it was at least watchable but just not good 
Um, and then Big Bang Theory, I'm almost done with season 10. Up to, I'll be going really slow on that because I have been watching other things. Uh, but yeah, I'm almost done with season 10 because the baby's here. Raj has moved into the garage now. And the whole, listen, they can make a whole spinoff just of Raj Stewart and um, the Wallowitzes. And I'd be, I would have perfectly fine with it because that whole quadruple, what do you want to call it, is so funny together. And yeah. their dynamic is, is great. Um, I really feel like they could have done a spinoff of that. But, you know. Uh, other than that, I think that's it as far as TV. It's, I haven't been watching a whole too terribly much. Work has been busy. It's just been a busy week outside as well. So, how are you doing on your uh, on your bachelor bracket? Listen, so I've, we do bachelor fantasy. I know we talked about before the show, but I am miles ahead of everybody I'm playing with, which is only Jamie and our friend Megan, for the because we were just testing it out to see if we liked it. And I am like 200 points above everybody to the point that the finale is tomorrow night, and no matter if they pick who wins, they still can't beat me. So, and it's just. I am the ultimate bachelor and I demand it to be known at this point. So, but yes, we are doing a bachelor watch party here at the house. A final rose ceremony, if you will. I got some, I've actually got the roses right here. <laughs> and I ordered some cookies. I'm going to get some wine and stuff like that too. So just something to have fun with. I don't know how I'm winning and spending all the money anyways, but it is what it is. Um, I'm glad for it to be over. Ted Lasso is still good. But Bachelor, it's been an okay season. The main guy, Zach, is kind of boring. Yeah. And just a very generic white guy. So I'm, I'm like, eh, not really a lot of drama this season either, which is what this I is, like. Give me some drama, producers. It's Ted Lasso's final season, right? Yes, it is. And it doesn't feel like it. And it's weird. It just doesn't feel like it's final season yet. And I don't know if it's going to. But we're also kind of watching Shrinking as well. We've got like four episodes of it. The finale just aired this past week. So, um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, weekly, we've been watching. No Ghost is on their hiatus. Uh, Young Rock's on its hiatus. I'd recommend uh, the Quantum Leap. The Quantum Leap series. I need, I've got it on my list. I need to start watching that. I need to start recording it. I've been watching it on Hulu. Because um, I can watch that instead of some of these other things I'm watching throughout the week. Quantum Leap, there's something else. The Expanse is on there as well. But that's thinking like a back burner. But what has not taken a back burner in my heart and in my eyes, Superman and Lois, Season 3, Episode 2, Uncontrollable Forces. And I'm going to say, Chris, right at the top of the show, might be my favorite episode that they have done in a long time. Like, I felt that leagues above what we've seen in a while. Like, I don't have any bad criticism for this episode. Like, not a one. Right. Um, yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think. There was something... Um, I made one note in the whole episode. Okay. And it, it was it was just a funny little line that a lot of people... I don't know. They may or may not have missed it. It was the paperweight line. Oh, when, I caught on to that one. Art, when they just zoom away, she goes, "Oh, I got to get a paperweight." <laughs> yeah. Still don't like that character, but they're yeah, trying to push her this season. We're going to nerdsandbeyond.com by the one and only Haley once again for our recap. 
Listen, we got. I'm, I'm telling you, we got everything. So we're full on spoilers for this show. Finally, got one of the most annoying characters out of the way, Mayor Dean. Thank God, done, killed. We're, we're good. Like that was my first thing. I was like, okay, we got a good episode on our hands here. Cleared up some crappy loose ends. Like that, that was a, my help. My biggest criticism last week was Mayor Dean just randomly coming to this party, telling off. Um, what's her name, Lana, and then just storming off at this kid's birthday party. I was like, okay. I mean, it just I didn't feel I didn't feel like it, it you know went into the episode, but I guess it was all for this payoff to get the actor either dead or whatever else they're doing. So Dean frantically calls Lana and tells her what he did was for the pride of Smallville before he gets killed by the faceless alien working for Bruno Mannheim. Lana is still on the phone and Dean gets shot and killed, left on the hood of his car, it smashes his phone and leaves him there. When Kyle gets the call about it, he informs Lana about what happened and she's distraught. She wants to tell Sarah immediately because Sarah and his son were really close so she head over to John Henry's. Again, um, that plot line didn't really, like that was never, we're three seasons in. You can't just say, oh, you know, his son and, and Sarah are really close. We have never met his son. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't really play in there. Uh, let's see. Uh when she gets there, she does not find Sarah. He wasn't aware Sarah didn't ask for permission to go, but he told Natalie to be back by midnight. They went to a party in Metropolis, which was what teenagers do, was, which is what also... Was, the party was filled with douche canoes. By yes, way. it was. Very much so. And I, it would have played out differently if I was you know, Superman's son and had powers, but you know, it is what it yeah. is. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> very, very differently. I would have been Homelander on a lot of these people in yeah. different scenarios. Uh, <laughs> Lana wants to talk to her right now, but John asks if she wants to come in for dinner, which I am all about. Look, if they're setting up this relationship, which I think they are between uh, Irons and uh, Lana Lang here, I'm about it. Because I, I like their chemistry right. together. As opposed to the yeah. other side of the relationship. Yeah, you know they're pushing they're pushing that other relationship too mm-hmm. uh, between uh, was it Cassie and uh, Kyle, the, Kyle, mm-hmm. and I'm not as about that. I'm no. like just we don't need that. We don't need that character at all. I'm Kyle Keep. We don't really need so much. Uh, the, I don't know. The Tribune now lady. you go, now you really don't need him either though. Mm. I mean, what's he bringing to the table? That's true. I like the guy. Uh, Eric Valdez, I think, is the guy. Yeah, the, the actor is fine. Yeah, you know, it's just and he loves this what, show. What's the character doing? Right. You know? He's just fire chief at this point. Oh, we signed divorce yeah. papers last episode. Oh, I'm, I'm in this one for a little bit. A little awkward tension between him and Cassie. And yeah, we'll, we'll call it an episode for him. <laughs> uh, they discuss what happened to Dean. They realize his last words were the same ones on the seal in the mayor's office. They head there and find a hard drive, but as they're downloading the files, the faceless thorn in everyone's side appears and takes it, crushing Lana's computer in the process. The first trial of injectables is clearly not doing anything for Henry. The faceless gives an update on things and talks about Smallville. Dean is no longer a problem because he's dead, but John Henry Irons is alive. Uh, which was weird. I guess I never really realized that. Because um, it's towards the end of the episode when this part happens. But they said John Henry Irons is alive. It, the lady alien did and everyone's like no he's he's dead we you know we killed him and he goes nope uh, he's very much alive and i was like ah still doing this whole crisis thing that is what it is but you just got to kind of follow it um 
Let's see. Superman is following one of the guys working with Bruno, and he follows him straight to Bruno's office. He has cameras, so he catches uh, him listening. Superman tries to get information out of him about Henry, about Henry and why he has powers and was released from prison, but Bruno offers no reprieve. Instead, he discusses the suicide slums. Superman dragged him into his backyard. He watched Lex Luthor and Morgan Edge become billionaires off of the backs of the community, leaving them for dead. So Bruno became the person they looked to for help. He gave them hope and made them real change. Unlike Superman, he doesn't just put out fires. Superman says he saves lives, but Bruno tells him he didn't save any in Metropolis. Superman gets the call from Lois and goes to leave, but he tells Bruno they aren't done. Bruno says they are, though. Um, I am really excited about this Bruno villain. Like, I feel like he's he's relatable. He's playing this whole, um, you know, you are Superman, but you have left this whole community to die and to just be here. And they called it Suicide Slums. He said, you know, because people killed themselves so much. That's what the city was named. And where were you? He goes, you weren't here saving lives. I was. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good, like, moral dilemma. Not so much of a a physical threat, but more of a, a moral threat. And I am all about that. Nonetheless, the guy that plays Bruno, forget his name, but I have seen him in so many things. And he's really good. And I love the the scene where he's just standing there waiting for Superman he says, Superman, I know you can hear me. And he goes, I need to talk. He said, I forget what his direct line was, but I need to talk to you. And Superman flies down. And I just very good, very, very, uh, doing a good job setting up this villain. And, and I just like it. Just a common man with no superpowers, which he mentions Lex Luthor, but we have not seen Lex Luthor yet. And we know he's coming. We just haven't right. seen him yet. Yeah. Whatever 19th iteration it is of him. <laughs> Uh, party in Metropolis. Sarah and Natalie go to a party in Metropolis, hoping to run into Natalie's boyfriend from her world. Only on this earth, he is already with somebody else. Nat sets her sights somewhere else, uh, elsewhere while Mateo stares at her from across the pool. Sarah, be- uh, being Nat's wing woman, goes up to him and forces his hand. They spend the rest of the time getting to know each other while Sarah plays cut pong with Jordan. Uh, the guy played, uh, actor playing Mateo is from uh, All-American. Great great actor and even so does great here as well um, real quick real quick we said cassie earlier it's chrissy chrissy that's how much of a forgettable character it, she is i just uh, I, I don't know and bruno's played by chad l coleman chad l coleman i'm trying to think of because he's been i don't he was in uh walking dead and did a great job i forget his name there uh he died off semi early on like season three or four and uh I should say, because it's right here on the screen, so I'll I'll mention this as well. This episode was directed by Elizabeth Henstridge. Oh, oh wow! So this is her, as far as we know, this is her second episode she's directed as Superman and Lois, right? Because she did one last season. I think so. Oh, good and, for her. Uh, Chad L. Coleman also played Tobias Church in Arrow. Arrow. And he was Tyrese Williams in The Walking yep. Dead. Tyrese. See, I was saying, he's, I've seen him on a lot of things, and he's a great actor. I've got to start pulling the, those up. Because I want to start mentioning who directed and written the episodes. Because you can tell a theme between each directors and stuff like that. And John Diggle. Um, why am I blanking on his real name? Uh, David Ramsey. Oh, uh, David Ramsey. He directs an episode coming up soon. So I wonder if he's in it or if he's just directing again. Uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. Um, 
Let's see. Let's see. Uh, all right. Jonathan, meanwhile, surprised with a necklace from Eliza. She brings him upstairs to kiss him, but he pulls away and tells her he has a girlfriend. And she was very, like, this was a a good scene. I feel like because Jane was like, I thought his girlfriend was the drug dealer. She's like, this doesn't track. I said, no, no, no. Eliza is the one from season one. who We haven't heard about or seen anything since, like, the first couple of episodes. Because she dumped him when he moved to Smallville. And it didn't work out because the distance. She was like, oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, that's, that's where that connection comes in. Because she thinks that he came there for her because she told him about a party. And he got a birthday gift um, from her. But he says he's still dating, uh, what's her name? And she had the wrong idea. So we're setting up a little storyline for Jonathan. It just kind of bugs me a little bit because it's not really... I, I feel like he is a C to D level storyline when it comes to this yeah. show. And that's because yeah. he doesn't really have any powers or anything. And I just don't feel like it's, I don't know. I, I feel like they're still trying to find his place in it. And I, I feel like it would make more sense if he was maybe gravitating toward what Lois does. Right. And trying to be this, and not necessarily a reporter, but just an investigator. Right. Trying to solve the puzzles trying to figure out the yeah. truth like it like write him into right. that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. give him something other than the what do they call it the the popular kid in school that's they got the women you know what i mean the football player and stuff like that yeah you know i mean he could even be the the one behind the computer for right jordan trying to help elevate jordan's powers and things oh so that would even that would even really work too yeah, yeah. i'm curious to see what the, like and i I hate, I hope, I hope, hope, hope this show is not it. Like this season, I hope this is not it. With everything else being canceled. We don't know. I mean, I sent you a picture earlier. Um, of This is the first DC, not universe, but what are they called? DC Productions. Or DC Studios Productions. From the takeover of James Gunn and Peter Safran. So, and I, I feel like you kind of tell with the story writing a little bit. I feel yeah. like the story writing is a lot better. We're, I know we're only two episodes into this season, but you can kind of tell it's different than what we have had. So, um, let's see. She uh, she promises she won't say anything if he's worried about that, and he apologizes and leaves, which is great. You know, he could have very easily done the teenager thing. I mean, oh no, you want to have some relations? Yeah, sure, let's do this. But he's like, no, because I'm I'm not about that life, which goes to show the morals and values of the Kent family and. Uh, but you know, if I was in that situation in high school, it would probably be different. <laughs> well, he, he was also really naive to not think that there was something like that. Too. Right. Something else involved. Yeah. yeah. And it's, which is a very cool scene too. We, we've gotten here cause you know, they're both 16 now, Jordan and Jonathan. And they were talking about, cause Lois says, you know, you can go do whatever, but make sure you're home before dark. And which sets up a plot line later from a parent's perspective. But they said, oh, well, we can, let's go to this party. Eliza invited us to a party. And they said, oh, we'll be back in time if we drive. And Jonathan says, well, let's fly. And then they did the whole, when they got there, the whole little awkward thing of, like, he gets hit in the face or something like that. He goes, oh, that's why I like to fly and everything. It was just very, like, a brotherly moment. And again, I really, really like this actor compared to the other one. I just, it's more believable to me. And I don't know if it's yeah. the writing, directing, I don't know. But... Um, let's see. 
uh, Sarah talks smack to the other team of Pongers, including the guy's house they are at. One of his friends tells Jordan to get him another beer for spilling the one uh, all over him earlier in the show, and they call him a bunch of different names. Uh, Sarah grabs a beer off the table, throws it in his face, and angers him greatly, so they quickly run out with Natalie in tow and Mateo wanting to know more. Um, and then the, the very serious bit here on this episode, uh, for turns out from... Last week's episode, the Lois has officially has cancer. Lois spends her time going back and forth from Smallville to Metropolis to get tests done. When the results come back, she finds out she has stage 3 inflammatory breast cancer. She hides the diagnosis from Clark and the boys, so she doesn't want to worry them, and she's still trying to figure it out herself. But after talking to Judge Reagan off of the ledge trying to kill herself, Superman overhears her telling everything about the diagnosis. Lois apologizes for not telling him sooner, but Clark promises they'll get through this together. Uh, at the end of the episode... Uh, the boys come back home, which, of course, this is my story plot I was talking about earlier. It's already dark. They should have been home hours ago, right? Um, they're sitting there at the table. When Jonathan and Jordan come in, she tells them, and you can clearly tell they're shaking. A lot of great acting between all four of these actors here. Um, and so there we go. Lois has got stage three breast cancer, and... That's going to be a big storyline here, and we're going to see how the Kent family and the Superman team handles it because it's that was a good one. Like this one brought tears to my eyes. I didn't cry, just got misty, but very, very, very well done. Like the whole speech she gave on the yeah. uh, on the ledge, which also though, if I was on the ledge and this lady gave me this random speech, I'd be like, okay, and but nothing to do with me, lady. You know, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> right, they're, they're threatening to kill me and my family. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah. it it does kind of highlight to the the relationship, the trust between Clark and Lois. Because as mm-hmm. bad as he wants to know what's bothering her, he doesn't listen in. He doesn't on push her, her. He doesn't do any of it. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't use his powers to mm-hmm. find out. Which, which I'm assuming he could. You know, not right. just hearing, not just hearing her thoughts. You know, but he could also scan her probably, right? And see that there's. It's a, you could tell the trust there between yeah. Lois and Superman, which I would have liked to have seen, like the earlier seasons of this show, been Lois, uh, Superman and Lois, but it's them coming together, like the, maybe the first season or two seasons, and then we do a time jump to the sixteen-year-old boys. That would have been kind of cool, but. I'm still fine with this. Again, great episode. I feel like this is one of the better episodes we've had in a very long time. And don't know if it's because of uh, DC Studios taking over or it's just them finding their rhythm now. I don't know. More combination. Yeah. But great show. Yeah. I'm ready for next week. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait. Listen, our next show here Oh, I am putting up a bunch of different logos here. Gotham uh, Knights, episode two, titled Scene of the Crime. Nerdsandbeyond.com. Yeah. Listen, this is by Mal again. Much better episode than the first one. Again, not a high bar to get to or to beat, but I like this episode better than that one. Um, I still found myself at the end of this episode thinking... If they suddenly pulled it and we never saw anything else of it, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I'd be okay. So yeah. I, I go to TV time uh, after each of these episodes because you can rate them on there. I think I give this one like a three. But you have to, I have to understand it's taking me a little bit. When people go on there and rate and review these because you, you rate it 
and then you give it an emoji, and then you give it your favorite character out of the episode. And then you can comment down below, and people have conversations about the episode. A lot of people love this show, and I'm like, I don't think we're watching the same thing. But I think it's like a it's a vacuum. The, the people are yeah. going there to rate and review are the ones that love the show, so it's, it's just a vacuum. So, or there are people that go there and see how much other people are liking it, and then they go, "Well, I don't want to be right. I don't want to be the majority. I'm just going to trash right. it." Yeah. Uh, this was a again better episode, so let's let's jump into this one. Uh, scene of the crime opens with Gotham City Police Department uh, swarming the Batcave as the GCPD bag and tag everything Bruce Wayne had hidden in a subterranean safe house. Cressida coldly reminds Harvey and Turner that his that uh, Turner was his friend too, not just Bruce. So, unless I just blocked the first episode out of my memory, which is possible, did they ever explain how the cops knew how to access no. the Batcave? No. They were just there, and I don't understand that either. Like, that's, I mean, that's how it opens up. And I was like, uh, how, like, how right. are they? I thought the kids were coming back. Right. I thought, you know, because they show the lights coming on. They show the cops pulling up outside. But I thought, oh, they're about to get into some of the bat gadgets. Right. And, well, just, and it turns out it's the cops just strolling in yeah. like it's the front door. Of the we're going to bag and tag all of it and be done with it. I'm just like, I don't see that either. Ah, you know. Uh, elsewhere, set to a score of garbages, I'm only happy when it rains. Turner and Dewella, Colin and Harper are doing a little light shopping. Colin and Harper at least pay lip service to justifying the crime, but Dwella seems happy for an excuse to stock up on new clothes and accessories. In reality, they need to change up their looks so they don't resemble their mugshots, which is what they tell Carrie when she arrives to stop a burglary in, in progress in full Robin mode. Which is a cool a cool way to do that, I thought. You know, you got our, yeah. some of our main characters who are bur- you know, burglarizing, we see the cops out front, and they start to leave, and then here comes the new Robin. I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool, I like that. Uh, back at their hideaway in the clock tower, Carrie points out that they're supposed to be keeping a low profile and won't prove their innocence by committing crimes. Harper reminds her that all their leads are dead. The team easily slips back into joking about the bird cult that Dwell is so afraid of, which is the Court of Owls. Turner declares that they need something more tangible to go on. Luckily, he has a friend already working on that. That friend is Stephanie. Uh, she's also holding her head high as she walks to the school halls despite all the looks aimed her way. She's convinced of Turner's innocence, telling Brody firmly that he didn't do it. Brody is flabbergasted when she tells him that she used Bruce Wayne's back computer to hack into all the banks, trying to help Turner. He immediately points out how crazy that is and reminds Stephanie how much trouble she could be in. Listen, Brody, right there, he's he is the angel on your shoulder. He's like, oh... You know, I'm sure. You, you know, I know you're trying to be good to Turner, but that's 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 messed up. You know, that's that's a federal crime, and which kind of plays in later into the episode. Um, but yeah, he's the the angel on the shoulder there. Stephanie's unfazed by Brody's warning as the belfry bells chime in the distance. She heads off to find Turner because she because uh, they in that conversation Brody, he's like, you don't even know where they're hiding out at. He clearly doesn't trust you because he would know. And she hears the bell and he goes, Oh, I know exactly where they are. Um, Let's see, instead, she finds Colin and Harper sleeping in the hideaway, and Duella finds her. With a knife to Stephanie's throat, the two trade clips before Turner arrives and convinces De- Duella to back off. Woken by the commotion, Harper and Colin join in to roast the hacker chick, but everyone grows serious when Stephanie lets them know that GCPD have the back computer. Again, they're all shocked, so how how did they find out about the back computer? Unless it was the Cressida, whatever her name is. Yeah. Yeah. But so Alpha. far, and I, yeah, I don't, I 
I want Alfred back. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to him in this yeah. universe. I don't think they've said. Uh -uh. They say he's not in but, the picture. Uh, so, um, Duella continues to be the the one still in the show. Here. Yeah, the stand, the leagues ahead stand out of this show. Uh, at the police department, Harvey Dent and his colleagues are looking for Detective Ford while all the goodies from the Batcave are being carried in. Harvey says that Ford's been dodging his calls, so his colleague calls him, resulting in a sound not too far away. Over on Ford's desk, Harvey finds a ringing package. Inside the box is more than just Ford's phone, though. There's also his severed head. Harvey suggests they check nice. on Ford's team. His colleague picks up her phone again. The camera shifts to show a chilling shot of a mail cart loaded up with several more head-sized packages ringing ominously. Harvey looks murderous. <laughs> That's great. I love that scene, too. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know where he's at. He's been dodging my calls. We know on the best of terms. And sure enough, it's just on his desk. You'd think that they would have heard that package, but I guess it just got delivered. You know, the police department, the government, everything is there slowly. Yeah. Uh, a news report confirms that six GCPD officers from the task force created to find Turner and his supposed accomplices have been found decapitated. Back at the Belfi, Duella finishes watching the news and turns to the others, awaiting an apology for doubting her about the Court of Owls. She doesn't get one, but the Bat Brats do seem more on board with her theory. It doesn't matter, though, Harper points out. Who is going to believe them anyway? Turner reminds them that Bruce was found with the Court of Owl coins. Maybe he was already looking into the Owls. He wants to pick up where his father left off and investigate him. Carrie shares that Bruce kept journals at his office in Wayne Tower, but they'll have to break in again to get them. Listen, this is the third time that the, the Wayne Tower's been broken into for this office. Like, could we not have yeah. done anything at the house, the manor, or anything like that? Well, 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 how good how good can the security be if people have not broken in right. three times? The same people, three times, essentially the same way. But, you know, whatever. Uh, despite her earlier words about not committing crimes, Carrie is first to agree to go with Turner to try and retrieve the journals when he comes up with a plan to use his dad's private elevator to access the office. They don't have a lot of choices. Colin volunteers to drive, and Harper points out that Turner will need her. Duella is much more reluctant but wants to get out of the attic. At the GCPD, Mayor Hamilton Hill has things for numbers, listing out several for Harvey. Seven toe tags, six grieving families, and zero leads. Harvey snarkily offers him 34, his approval rating, but the mayor is unfazed. During the boxed head debacle, Harvey's colleague from earlier interrupts to say that they do have one lead. Someone hacked into all the Gotham City's banks and Turner's accounts were dug through. I'm just going to stop this a little bit. So the mayor is going to the DA, complaining that they don't have any answers. The DA, ladies and gentlemen, is not a detective agency. <laughs> so right. why are we all about him right now i don't understand that right now i, I don't well, but not only that forward how is i think we're going to find out some stuff about harvey here because duella's last name is dent right so that was either harvey's sister or ex-wife or right. It's going to be somebody. Locked up in Arkham that the Joker got pregnant. Right. There's going to be some familial secrets coming out, and I'm curious to see uh -huh. when we get there, if we get there, you know. Uh, Turner has an alibi by virtue of escaping the police convoy, so someone was helping them. Harvey swiftly requests who Turner's one phone call was when he is arrested, and GCPD go to pick up Stephanie for questioning. Brody watches from a distance as she is taken away at school. Meanwhile, at Wayne Tower, the Bat Brats make a quick... I love that this that Malice just continuously using Bat Brats. I'm about it. Make quick work of getting Turner into his dad's office. Cullen keeps the engine running. Harper monitors everything from a laptop at the passenger seat. 
Duella turns Turner uh, tells Turner that he's got this, even giving him a thumbs up, immediately making Harper suspicious. Once Turner and Carrie are out of the car, she confronts Duella about her new team spirit. Duella happily confesses that she only went with Turner's plan because it's a part of her own. Now they have a Wayne security car they can use to escape, sell the Owl's watch, and take the cash to get out of Gotham. Harper is tempted, but Colin isn't having it. He pushes back, arguing with Harper, and explaining to her that he wants agency. Uh, he wants to clear his name. He's sick of running, and Colin is staying to help Turner and Carrie. Upstairs, Carrie leads Turner to the secret compartment in Bruce's office where his journals are. One of them has been pulled out to read. It's old from the bank uh, for Bruce's parents who murdered his first case. Within, Bruce confesses that Joe Chill may have pulled the trigger on his parents, but it was the Court of Owls who were responsible for orchestrating it. While the break-in is going on, Harvey speaks to Stephanie in his office. He tells her that he doesn't think Turner killed Bruce, but the longer Turner is on the run, the worse it looks. His efforts to persuade Stephanie to help him fail, even when he reminds her of the corporate and financial data theft carries a five-year prison sentence. Keeping her cool, Stephanie points out they don't have any real evidence against her and tells him that she won't say anything else without an attorney. A knock at the door interrupts before Harvey can continue. A note is delivered to him someone else wants to talk. Through the interior window, Stephanie sees Brody speaking with an officer. Brody really has the hots for Stephanie, I think, honestly. Yeah, um, but he doesn't He doesn't like Turner. No, uh, there's that big rivalry. They set that up last episode, too, kind of. But, uh, you know, Brody and Stephanie were making out on Bruce's favorite couch in his study. So, you know, you know, it doesn't really help. Uh, back in Bruce's office, Turner's still looking at the journal, journals. Bruce suspected the court of murdering Waynes for decades. His journals were full of maps and theories, but he never found anything. In the end, he became certain they were a fairy tale. Something must have changed his mind since then, as Harper frantically lets them know they aren't alone. All the security cameras have gotten offline. Carrie and Turner take Bruce's last journal. Unfortunately, before they can flee, the Talon makes his appearance. Shutting themselves in Bruce's office, the duo hold the door closed and dodge the assassin's blade. Listen. The talent is frightening. And speaking of villains and everything, it is very ominous. doesn't say anything. You can't hear anything. It's just an um, assassin machine, and it is beautiful. And I I like it. Like, if there's one thing about this show, you could say Duella is great, but the talent just just a, as a villain is wonderful. Um, they did good picking this one as the first uh, villain for the Court of Owls. Of course, if they sign on for a season two, I don't think we're going to be done with the Court of Owls. We're just going to keep going with it. Uh, Duella tells Colin and Harper that they have to go help only to double cross them the moment they get out of the car ditching them in the parking lot she drives off of the Wayne security car the road twins make it to the top of the secret Wayne Tower elevator but they're trapped with Turner and Carrie GCPD below and the town on the other side of the door Robin comes to the rescue as Carrie pulls a cool gadget from her bag it's a zip line allowing the four fugitives to fly out of the window and across Gotham I don't know if I would have done that I'm terrified of heights and you, she just said all you have to do is just hold on as tight as you can. I'm like, I don't know if I could. It's either that or get your head cut off. So. Right. I yeah. Fall to your death or you know get stabbed. It's, it's one of the two. No, not stabbed. Oh, decapitated. So either or. I don't. I don't know what I'm making that decision. Honestly, I'd have a decision of paralysis and I'd, I'd be dead either or. Uh, Duella takes the Owl's watch to an antiquities dealer that she previously mentioned earlier. The dealer seems very interested in the piece, but things quickly go downhill when he reveals his buyers offer him even more money for the seller of the watch. He pulls a gun on Duella. She tries to warn him about the Owls, claiming that he can't be that stupid. The court of Owls doesn't leave trailing ends. She's proved right as a blade burst through the dealer's chest. Fleeing from the talon hole in the sword, Duella makes it back to the stolen car. It's not much protect protecting from the assassin, though, as he quickly disables the engine. 
Not able to break through the security glass windows, the Talon pierces the car's gas tank and sparks up a ring of flame around the vehicle, trapping Duella. A thrown blade distracts the Talon as he watches Duella struggle. The cavalry is here. Fresh for the zipline ride, the Bat Brats have come to rescue Duella even after she abandoned them. Turner correctly deduced that for the watch to be worth so much money, whoever won it must know about the engraving. Outside the dealer's shop, Turner gets to put his fencing skills to use as he and Carrie holds off the town while Colin and Harper get Duella out of the car. Carrie resorts to another bat gadget, an impressively explosive crossbow, but their combined efforts can't keep the talent down for long. When Duella freed, the bat brats flee. At the mill free, Colin bandages up Duella's burnt hand. When she tries to thank him for coming back, Colin rebuffs her and tells her to thank Turner instead. Duella opens up her conversation with Turner by telling him he was stupid for going up against the talent. He points out that he had help. As they had talked, Turner wonders about the fencing and martial arts classes his dad insisted and pushed him to do well in. Was Bruce preparing Turner for something? Over in the GCPD building, Stephanie confronts Brody as he exits the interview room. She thinks that he turned her in, but in fact it's the opposite. Brody told him that he did it. She's baffled on understanding why. Brody tells her he couldn't sit by and watch her screw her life up just for Turner. Harvey arrives at Bruce's office, is seen in the crime yet again. He hears that the only thing taken was a sword, and that an antiquities dealer was found impaled by one. The scene switches to an ominous fireplace with Cressida standing in front of it. They watch you at your hearth, the mayor intones from behind her, echoing the owl's rhyme. He reassures her that finding the fugitives is his top priority, but it's not being made any easier when he has to keep covering things up for the Talon. Cressida notes that he doesn't seem to have any complaints on the Talon and limiting his rivals years ago. Her tone, her tone turns colder as she approaches him, asking if he has forgotten his debt of gratitude. The mayor reassures her he hasn't, and she departs, leaving him to drink alone. In the Belfry dwelling, the twins try to rest up by the window. Turner apologizes for Stephanie for uh, asking her to get into so much trouble. She tells him it's fine. They discuss some of the many questions they still have, not least, how did the Talon get to Wayne Tower undetected? Turner reveals his father's journal and shows it to Stephanie, admitting to another, another mystery. Someone ripped the last page from the journal, taking out his most recent case. Across Gotham, Carrie sneaks back into her, her apartment. Alone, she unrolls the stolen pages from that journal. At the bottom, a single question stands out. What will happen when Turner finds out the truth? A better oh, episode. Oh. I mean, better episode. Uh, Talon, horrid, horrifying. Just absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Um, a lot better synergy with the cast, I feel like, as well. And... We're starting to see a little bit more of Turner, which I feel like we should have saw in the first season, first episode of, you know, oh, maybe this is why all these martial arts classes and fencing that Bruce was so yeah. adamant I take, maybe this is why. But, you know, let's wait yeah. till episode two to try and deduce that. <laughs> I'd say of the, of the of the group, um, I feel like Cullen and Harper as characters took a step forward yes um turner's still kind of lagging behind i think mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a casting thing i don't know if it's a direction thing just or just how they've written it and he's he's still trying to be bruce wayne like like still yeah. you know very full of himself kind of like chest out his hands behind his back kind of like in the back kind of like noticing and watching i'm like it's just not warranted one because i don't know if it's because we're seeing this character what 16 17 years after being adopted and all this other stuff and being around batman so like his mannerisms don't really match up because i don't know like I, his character i think to me is the lowest out of everything and he's supposed to be one of the main characters like even yeah. i like stephanie and brody stephanie for sure a lot more than turner and like i feel like she even had development 
over these past two episodes. And just like Turner's just kind of stayed stagnant. Yeah, and I I wondered, um, Stephanie, what's her name? Um, Anna Lore. Mm-hmm. I was like, she looks familiar. Yeah. It's just vaguely. She was in Doom Patrol. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's kind of cool that, you know, folks are coming from some of these other franchises that we like and popping up in this. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I'm not connecting to the Turner character at all. And maybe that's because knowing that he's he doesn't really exist anywhere else. Right. He's just kind of a made-up character for the show. Maybe, and... maybe if this had been Damian Wayne. Listen, would've... if this would have been Damian Wayne, I feel like this would have been a lot better of a... A show. I don't know if like CW had the rights to them or if there's a Damian Wayne already. Well, we know there is in the future, but like five or right. six years down the road, there's going to be a, with uh, Peter and um, James Gunn. James Gunn. Yeah. But like. But that wasn't on the books when no. this was planned. So, so there's um, got to be a rights issue. And my thing with that is. Could you imagine how cool better it would have been with the Damian Wayne character? Because he's lived with Rachel Gould for a while, and then he goes uh-huh. to live with Batman. You had that whole backstory, and when he's trying to find out his dad's killer, it's much more believable. Like, right. oh, the Court of Owls, and you're like, you've already got a character that's established, and that's got training and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I, I, they could have gone about that differently. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did notice one thing on IMDb. Uh, Turner and Duella are listed as being in 10 episodes. The other main characters are listed as being in 11. Hmm. So I wonder if they run off together or if they get kidnapped together. Right. Or flashback scene. or They're, they're teasing a relationship there. Yeah, they were definitely, at the end of this episode, there was like that, I don't know, not so much about will they, won't they trope, but it was a, oh, Duella's looking at him differently. And Turner and her are having better conversations with each other. And there's, yeah. there definitely could be something there. Although I think Stephanie Turner should be, but you know, whatever. Uh, getting better. I'm, I'm, I'm still in the same boat. One more episode to see what we think. And yeah, kind of go from there. But as of right hopefully. now, I'm like, eh. Like it's out of all the shows we've watched and talked about, this is the worst one. <laughs> like, by far and i yeah. feel like we've watched some bad shows <laughs> well and, and the thing that gets me is people were really down and this is going back a few years people were really uh down on uh, i just spaced uh the agents of shield spinoff uh oh it's not infamous um why can't i think of that that's gonna bug me uh it's the family. Um, it's Black yeah. Bolt, Medusa, uh, Crystal. My brain keeps wanting to say Eternals, and it's Inhumans. Yeah, people trash that show, right? And you and I were like, "It's really not that bad." Like, there's there was a lot of positives with it, right? I didn't think it was that terrible. Uh, you know, they had some issues with some CGI, yeah, and, uh, things like that, but. This show, I just feel like, is behind that, right? For me, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, and I'm, I'm I just hope it gets better because like I, the Court of Owls is a very, very, very good and distinctive 
Batman villain mm-hmm. because it's not just one person; it's the city, and right. it it's it could be really really good if done well. And other than the talent, like, eh, that's just everything else is just meh to me. What I would like to see him do, if this show is, if they plan to let it go beyond one season, keep the, don't solve the Court of Owls thing. Right. right? Keep it in the background, carrying over from season to season, and bring in some of your other villains. Right. For them to deal with in the foreground, and keep the Court of Owls in the back. Like, the Court of Owls could be sending all these people. Right, just behind the, the, pulling the strings and everything. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I just don't know. This this show is weird. It's got a different vibe to it, and we're at the like, we're at the end of the CW verse, the Arrowverse, right. everything, and I don't know. It's just kind of at a weird time. It's kind of like the idea behind the X Files, right? Right. Your main story was Mulder trying to figure out if there were really aliens out there, and that went through the whole series. Mm-hmm. But you had all these monsters of the week and stuff that popped up in the meantime, so. They so, could do something similar here. Yeah. I mean, it just makes Miss Gotham that much more. Yeah. Oh, man, what yeah. a show. They were so good in how they balanced that stuff mm-hmm. out. Because you had the whole who killed Bruce's parents while uh-huh. introducing, uh, you know, Catwoman early on, a whole bunch of people. So, but It was cool to see those those iconic characters as kids. Right. and Or like teenagers coming up with a penguin uh-huh. didn't even have his limp at the very beginning of it. Uh, Ed Nigma was working for the the Gotham City PD. Man, it was so good. Oh, so good. I almost just want to go back and rewatch that show. Yeah. I might do that at some point. If I could find it on cheap on digital or somewhere. Um, oh, it's, it's on Netflix. So, yeah. Only news here, ladies and gentlemen. We final ha- finally have an d- update for when the final episodes of Titans is. And they will premiere April 13th. So, we're just three weeks away from the final episodes of the Titans showing up. Still nothing on Doom Patrol, but we do have right now on the Nerdwide Reacts playlist, we have our reaction to the last half of the season trailer, which is honestly our last trailer for Titans, which is crazy to think about and a little sad, but it is live right now if you want to go watch that and we'll talk about what we think is going to happen. And, you know, kind of get a little nostalgic because it, it hits a little bit. Chris hasn't seen it yet. I had, and... It's a good one. Make sure you watch it. And of course, that is on our YouTube under the Nerdwide Reacts playlist. Releases this week. It's the last season of Riverdale, which premieres March 29th on the CW. So if you're into that, somehow they all have superpowers now. They also went back in time. So now they're back in the 1950s. Some people have died and come back to life. I don't know what's going on. I'm like four seasons behind. I want to catch up eventually because it sounds nuts. And none of the yeah, main uh, actors want to be there. <laughs> so <laughs> It's always a good thing. Right. right. Always a great thing. <laughs> All right. On to film. Um, have you watched anything else this week? Movie-wise, no. No. No movies this week. I watched a um, World War II uh, picture. Frank Sinatra, Steve McQueen... Oh. Gina Lola Brigida and Never So Few. Was Frank Sinatra uh, an actor? Yeah. I didn't know that. I just thought he was just he, the, the real good musician. No, he won a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for From oh. Here to Eternity and 
Yeah, I did a ton of movies. I don't know why I never do that. He was in the original Ocean's Eleven. It was oh. he and the rest of the Rat Pack. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I must have been living underneath a rock recently. Maybe. <laughs> My whole life, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it's a very good movie. Charles Bronson's also in this, by the way. Um, it's about the, a group of, you've got both the U.S. and uh, I forget the name of the group that is there and my old eyes are failing me um but they're in burma at the start of world war ii and this group of uh i guess you would say they're burmese i and um and these u.s soldiers are there attempting to hold off the uh the chinese Hmm. so it's there's they were credited with historically being the group that um, kind of allowed the allied powers to get a little bit more of a foothold by holding that that down. That's called Never So Few? Never So Few. That might be something right up my alley to watch. It, it is two hours and five minutes. Eh, you know. I like a good I, movie. I kind of marked it down on Letterbox for that reason because I was like, they could have cut fifteen oh, to twenty. It dried pretty good for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, for a little. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Spoilers. Full on spoilers. 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 Full on. Yeah. This is this is your chance. Skip ahead if you haven't seen it or care to see it. Skip ahead. We'll talk about me time. That's how if great movie it was. Or if you're Dwayne Johnson, you probably just want to skip ahead anyway because yeah. we're going to talk about you while we're in here. That we are. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and touch on that part. Yeah. You can go with the, the picture I sent you. You can read it whenever, too. Yeah, that's what we'll, okay. I'll kick off with. Uh, this was, by the way, this was on Instagram, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. When Zachary Levi yeah. shared this. So, you know... <laughs> It's this not rumor. Uh, the rap confirms that in Shazam Fury of the Gods, the Justice Society from Black Adam were recruiting Shazam in the post credit scene. The Rock denied access, and David F. Sandberg had to make a last-minute decision to add Amelia and John. Dwayne The Rock Johnson attempted to restructure the DCEU centering around he and Henry Cavill's Superman. The Rock didn't allow Zach Levi to cameo in a post credit for Black Adam. First off, and you and I have talked about this, because this would never happen at Marvel. Right? Why are they le- Why are they letting him say no? This isn't going to happen. Right? Why Why was it his decision? What happened to the DCEU, and what right. didn't? When he had one movie that didn't do that well, which at right. the time they didn't know it wasn't not going to do as hot as it was. But that's the thing. At the time, he didn't even have a movie. Right. I don't. I don't how does he get to make these calls? You could understand it more if they let someone like Momoa or Cavill or right. Dado, who had who had some sort of a track record. And are kind with, of holding the DCU on their shoulders at this point. Right. But this dude? Yeah. Really? Uh, I mean, I love The Rock. I really do. But this this whole DCEU stuff with him... Makes no sense to me. And a lot of people are posting that Zachary Levi is to blame on a lot of this stuff. 
And I'm like, ah, I don't see that. Because, like, Levi and Sandberg are very, very passionate about their Shazam movies, which they uh-huh. should be. It's their work. And, right. And, like, a lot of people, because Sandberg even got off of social media, he says, I can't because y'all are because y'all are unbashedly bashing this film that is not that bad that y'all are making it out to be, which we both agreed. We said that last week on the show. And it just, it blows my mind and I hate it. I hate it for them all. And I'm actually, it's crazy because I'm reading Zachary Levi's uh, book that he wrote Uh last year. And to talk about all the mental health things that he's gone through is is mind blowing. I'm not even halfway through the book. And we're just to the point where he's, um, it's in between Chuck and Shazam. Like he hadn't been cast in Shazam yet. And like, he's right. in a mental facility right now going through a bunch of stuff, which I didn't even know about. And like, I, I've loved this actor. Didn't know half of the things that went wrong after truck, after Chuck. Um, but it's, I, I don't get that. And I, and I've texted you. I've texted multiple people that have seen this movie. How do you have a, a black adult movie? or Shazam movie without either or it's the, it's the same head, the same coin. It's the same reason you can't have Batman without Joker. Like, I mean, iconically you cannot have Batman without Joker. It's the same thing. And Shazam and some of the characters from Shazam are in black Adam at the beginning when they're talking about the tribe of the, the court of wizards or whatever they are, the -hmm. same actors. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that. And then as to go in as far to block the justice society block, not even being in the movie. I don't get that. Like, Dwayne, I don't, I don't understand that call. He, need, he needed somebody with the the fortitude to stand up and say, "Listen, man, yeah, you're not crap when it comes to this universe and this franchise at this point. You don't get to dictate anything. We're gonna make it the way we need to make it. If you're not gonna be on board, we'll sever your contract." And you can go crawl off and do Fast and Furious forty nine thousand. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I wonder if it I, was a. Mikey never lets that happen. No, and and wouldn't like ever. No, and I, I wonder if it's because Seven Bucks Production. I didn't look into it. I wonder if his his crew and his production paid for most of the show and movie. And if that's the case that's a different conversation because DC just said, no, 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 no. Good. Because that gives you ownership and stake over this movie. Whereas you can't, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, not, not a smart call either way. No, not at all. Um, but it does bring up the point of the post credits. Yes. was which, not expecting them to be in no. it though. So the first one that we get is Shazam is he was in the, forest somewhere. yeah he was just like some random world. gas station broken yeah. down has been taken over by the wilderness many years now and here come uh Har- amelia harcourt and james mm-hmm. from uh peacemaker which was and so they were in suicide squad and then peacemaker but they were brought back into yeah. it which yeah. this was the one of the most surprising things of this film, the post credits, and I was like, I did not like out of all of them for them to pop up after the credits. I was like, Oh, like I was not expecting that at all. And them to recruit Shazam. I was thinking like maybe could recruit one of the, the siblings would have made a little bit of sense, but just to recruit Shazam. I was like, Oh, okay. And, and what we had heard was initially they wanted Aldous Hodge. Right. And it's Hawkman. 
Which would have made sense. And again, I don't understand why. Okay, Dwayne Johnson doesn't want to show up to do it. Fine. How can he prevent them from bringing another actor? Right, from all the other characters, just because they were in that movie. I don't know. That's... (laughs) Uh, Okay, listen. But the biggest shock to me, this whole movie, was Wonder Woman slash Gal Gadot being in it. Like yeah. they they swerved us at the beginning. We thought he was not dreaming. A, yeah, not, not a post credit. No, just in the film at the at the yeah. end of the movie, and like that's what crazy to me because they they swerved us how they did in the first movie because the first one they had Superman in it at the lunch table, but it was just the a body, and so I thought they swerved it. They're going to the same thing when they did. Um, uh, God, I forgot the kid's name, but the kid was dreaming about going on a date at Shazam with Wonder Woman. And teaming Billy up, Batson. Billy Batson was dreaming like he was going on a date with her and the former super team and everything, and never showed her face until um, the wizard took her face. I was like, okay, and that was a good little swerve it did in the first episode. And then they, then she shows up, and then the theme music kicked in. And I said, I, I turned to you and I said, holy shit, because <laughs> I was unexpecting that, and it was very well done, although a little cheesy to bring him back to life because you know he dies in the film, and then she brings him back to life with because uh, she's a demigod. demigod at the tree i was like okay but you know that was worth it yeah. she just kind of walks off <laughs> yeah they say uh with no gods left there's no way to recharge the staff right and she says well there's one god left like, oh my god man that that was wonderful that that was a great movie and then that you know uh tipped the scales for me i was like oh yeah i love this one this is good I stayed yeah. by my review last week, by the way. Was, uh, I loved it. It was it was a really good film. They had the the final um, credit scene. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was uh, the villain from the last one with a caterpillar again. Yeah. Um, it's been two years since then, and the caterpillar hadn't talked to him. He goes, well, you know, how long does it take for a caterpillar to get anywhere? And I was like, okay, good point. That, yeah, <laughs> and then he starts it again. He's like, I'll... What is it? He he says he'll tell him. He'll yeah, tell him what he planes and motions. He's got yeah. And, and then he starts sort of just inching off, and he's like, I can't, I can't wait that long. Right. <laughs> just like, a good little comedic bit that everyone was wondering. Okay, so what happened with this guy? Uh, yeah. Same thing though with the DCU coming up. We don't know where we're going from here. Uh, Peter Safran was a producer. I don't think he was EP for the Shazams, but he was a producer on both of them. So hopefully we kind of keep them going. Zachary Levi's perfect. And Sandberg as a director is great. Um, just maybe cameo them a little bit before they get fleshed out because these, these child actors grow fast. You did get the original Billy Batson in the yes. crowd in the final scene. So I thought that was really so cool that, too. Um I think they move ahead with this because this is something that they had time to change some things. Right. You know, they didn't have to do those post-credit scenes, especially the one with him getting recruited recruited to the Justice Society. Right. Um, and I love how it, for, they, they get justice out. And he's like, "You want me to join the Justice League? Yeah. All right." <laughs> they're like, oh, "The Justice Society." Which, like, which is weird to me too, because. They never mentioned that the Peacemaker that I can recall that they were working with them because always a Suicide Squad kind of stuff. But maybe you know there's some things that we hadn't seen yet. 
but they even said the Justice Avengers or something like that. And I was like, he goes, ah, yeah. I really like the name yeah. of that one. Well, that really, really, sounds really good. Yeah, because yeah. that, that sounds really good. I like that. And I was like, uh, nice little yeah. play on thing there. But it was a good movie. There yes. wasn't a time that I feel like would be too, too spoilery. Um, mainly those post-credit scenes and the fact that, like you said, he dies uh, and is brought back to life. The Wonder Woman cameo. Um there's a there's a lot of good action. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned last week, Sandberg had the uh, has the connection to the Annabelle creation, mm-hmm. and that doll shows up in the psychiatrist scene. It's that, well, it's not a psychiatrist; he's actually a pediatrician. But uh, <laughs> right exactly off the like, right off the rip, that's what we started off with. It was great. Yeah, yeah. So there's some good stuff there, man. Definitely, yeah. it's. It's not even close to the worst superhero movie no. that I've ever watched. If and if you like superhero movies, and like, especially if you like Shazam, watch this one. It's good. I, I liked it better than Black Adam. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. Which is... and, and more so now that The Rock's being a douche. So. Yeah. I, like, no idea he's been a douche that whole time. And Zachary Levi was just like, oh, no, no. This, this is the truth. So... Yeah. I'm like ah, I hate that, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, on to our movie review for this week. Me time. Let me. Um, there's not a huge plot to this. No, <laughs> there's not. <laughs> so we'll we'll just say this. Um, let me get the character names pulled up here. Um, Kevin Hart plays Sonny Fisher. Mark Wahlberg plays Huck Dembo. Those are the two main ones that you really need to know. Um, so Sonny's become like this all-star dad, basically. He he has the routine down. He stays at home while his wife goes to work. She's an architect mm-hmm. and uh, is making a very good living for the family, so he's able to do this. He becomes like a PTA dad. He's always involved in stuff at the school. He, as we meet him, he's putting together the uh, – he's chairing the talent show. And um, he put out one album years ago, <laughs> Doctor uh, Silk, <laughs> under the name Doctor Silk. <laughs> He's singing and playing keyboard, and he wants his son to follow in his footsteps. He, he wants him to play keys in the uh, in the talent show. Son would rather be a stand-up comedian, which I thought that was a nice little nod to to Kevin Hart's actual uh, background mm-hmm. to have his son want to be a stand-up. Um, Mark Wahlberg's character is Huck Dembo, who is one of Sonny's longtime friends, probably his oldest friend. Yeah, we, I said they've been best friends in like fifth grade or something like that. Yeah, and Huck always wants to do something crazy for every birthday that he celebrates. Uh, we The movie opens with them at, I guess it was the Grand Canyon, yeah. and, uh, and they're about to go, what is that, um, uh, I forgot, I forgot what they call that a free base jumping or yeah they have the winged suits the little squirrel the winged squirrel suits um, and Kevin Hart decides he's not going to go but the helicopter taking off creates <laughs> uh, that might be my favorite part of the whole movie <laughs> it blows him off the cliffside <laughs> so he kind of goes involuntarily but it's it's a summation of you know how 
he and Huck's relationship usually goes. Huck comes up with these crazy things to do, and Sonny always gets the raw end of the deal when doing them. So he hasn't spoken to him for a while. He, they occasionally text or something, but he's avoided going to any of his birthday things. And basically his wife's client, he's threatened by. Armando. He, he thinks Armando is after his wife. Um and Which he for so sure far. was right. Let's let I mean, he for sure was very flirty and very overstepping his bounds. He, yeah, and and they kind of play it off with Armando is a, I guess a, a European character. So mm-hmm. they kind of it gives you that that idea that he's, um, that's just how they are over there, right. you know, kind of thing, and that it's been misunderstood here. Mm-hmm. But at the same the time, there match. are plenty of characters in movies that are played that way, where it's like, no, he's really yeah. got this intention, and he's hiding behind that stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it before. But uh, anyway, Sonny's wife ends up going to her parents with the kids. Armando shows up there. That was like a big red flag for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Sonny had stayed behind. He decides he's going to go to Huck's 44th birthday celebration, which when he shows up, Huck's completely naked. Hilarious. uh, Along with a bunch of other people, and they're just skinny dipping in the bay. Mm -hmm. Like you do. No cops arresting (laughs) anybody. No. No, These exposure, I mean, it's a public park and walk away, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. They then go out to the desert. They're going to have their own Burning Man type mm-hmm. celebration. And, and meanwhile, uh, it's while they're out in the desert, I think, right, that um, Sonny gets a call from his son and finds out Armando showed up mm-hmm. at the house. And then so he and Huck decide they're going to go get back at Armando. They start, um, they do things like uh, Sonny poops in Armando's bed. <laughs> a small oh. rabbit pooped in his bed. Oh, and I, and I, I was wondering if this was before or after all the Amber Heard stuff came out. Right. Um, they took all of Armando's left shoes. <laughs> Which is evil, by the way. That's horrible. That's <laughs> all he had were right shoes. They, uh, but the big thing was they, and it truly was an accident. They the Uber driver that they had, or Lyft driver, I can't remember which she was, she ended up accidentally backing over Armando's oldest tortoise. Which, you know, sure. <laughs> He's got tortoise lying around. Heard a crunch, and they cracked his shell, so they drop him off at an animal hospital and take off. Um, of course, the the film's crazy. Yeah. Um, 100%. Seal shows up at <laughs> the party back at Sonny's house because they moved the party there. And uh, he and uh, he and Sonny perform a duet, which was nuts. And um, along the way, Huck has encountered a loan shark that he borrowed all this money from to throw his birthday celebration. $47,000. Uh, he actually first comes out to the their Burning Man type retreat and then follows him to the house and um, 
Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, yeah. it the, the movie's not. You end up with everything kind of wrapped up. Everybody kind of gets back together. Everything ends up okay at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Talent show went well. He was terrible on the piano, so the the kid did comedy. Made fun of his parents and another parent all as well. Yeah, eh. it's it's this seems. I gave it one and a half stars. Jesus, <laughs> this is this. I think actually came in a half, maybe might have come in a half star less than Thunder Force for me. Oh God, um, Thunder Force! But this, it just struck me as the type of film where um, these guys got together and were like, hey, let's make a movie together in between our other projects. Right. And this is what they came up with. Like, this doesn't seem like it was... It's kind of like we, we talked about Hubie Halloween a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it seemed very much like something they just kind of put together, a typical Adam Sandler comedic character, because he wanted to work with a bunch of his friends in between these more serious projects. And that's kind of what this feels like. And it's just not great. No. It's not good. One of the things that they did at Armando's house when they were getting him back is they deleted everything he had on his DVR. Um, <laughs> Horrible. So and, uh, weird. <laughs> and uh, I thought I did think it was funny because Mark Wahlberg is sitting there and he he's rattling off some of these shows that they're deleting, and he mentions Blue Bloods, which his brother Donnie is one of the stars mm-hmm. of. So that was a nice little little bit. But there's just nothing here to save it. It's like the whole time I really didn't care about the characters in that sense. Like no. that you've got some funny bits, like there's a couple little things that'll uh give you a chuckle, like at the beginning, uh Sonny's rushing around the kitchen trying to get his kids ready for school <laughs> and everything. Fun. Slips on a tortoise turd uh, twice, uh, and it's just like it just okay. and a lot of it was just bad parenting. Like the, yeah. the mom was, I was like, ah, it's the mom's completely uh, out of her kid's life, completely lives. oblivious, has no idea. Yeah, and and he mentions at one point that the daughter's been learning Mandarin for six months, and the mom has no clue. Yeah, she's like, what was up with the story about what's her name learning Mandarin? I was like, yeah, for like six months now. And I was like. How do you not know? <laughs> Lord. Just, and even the kids tell her that dad's better at this than yeah. you. I don't want Pop-Tarts for breakfast. I want a smoothie. smoothie. Yeah, it's, I I gave it two and a half. I, oh, you, I was ex- you were much kinder than me. Uh, I was expecting more. And I didn't get as much. There were some, like you said, some good chuckle moments. The, the mountain lion scene I thought was very funny when they turned around and... Uh, had claw marks all over his back. I, th- I thought that yeah. was good. Um, but the after that, it wasn't much. I, yeah, the one thing I didn't like about the mountain line is it was such bad CGI. Yes, horrendous CGI. Yeah. And the thing is, as long as it was at a distance, it was fine. But mm-hmm. it was when they had it leap onto him and they wanted to show it up. He was sort of wrestling and gave him with a little injection of the jugular. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like, oh, God, just shoot it differently. Don't mm-hmm. you didn't need an up close of the of the mountain lion's face as it was lunging at him, where they did the the CGI. It was just that wasn't that wasn't good at all. 
uh, one and a half stars. I mean, if if you want to check it out, cool, but don't expect a lot. If this had been hyped up by anybody ahead of me watching it, I probably would have turned it off. Yeah, I'd be mad like too. I, it was that bad. <laughs> like it was. Oh, I think it's, it's great if you want to see them in a movie together. Have they done one before together? I think they have. They may have done one other one. But the comedy was definitely very weird in this. Yeah. It's... It wouldn't be bad to have something lighthearted on in the background if you're having a few people over and you just right. want something that people can... But as far as... Mindlessly tune into. <laughs> yeah, don't go into this expecting a comedy classic. You know, This isn't Christmas Vacation or something like that. Yeah. This is this isn't even the Christmas story follow up, mm-hmm. which I liked way better. We give higher scores to that one. Yeah. Uh, next week we're going to be reviewing Murder Mystery Two. Adam yes. Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. I can't. I they're, can't wait for this one. You know what? They're really good together yes. on screen. They In really every are. film that they've done, and yeah. I'm curious to see where we go from here. Like, how do they get? pulled back into another murder mystery and the first the first one's funny and just crazy and this one i feel like it's be the same way so yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that um he had a good chemistry and click with kate beckinsale yes. too but then she lost her mind and went out with pete davidson for some reason and, uh, who, who hasn't at this point <laughs> that's true uh, me, me too just, just to clarify oh. me as well <laughs> you, you weren't denying so right. I was like oh is there something Tyler wants to share oh man uh, alright on to the news we have cryptic dark side tweets from Zack Snyder turns out to be special screenings of his movies with Q&A and the movies are going to be Man of Steel Batman v Superman and the Snyder Cut of Justice League just the, the a three night event Made, made no version. sense to me. Uh, not the version that Joss Whedon butchered. Don't no. let him near a movie ever again. Yeah, don't. He, he did fine with Avengers, and then after that, we... He had supervision on Avengers. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Ultimately, there were people above him going yes and no. Yeah. And he... Here's what you can course... do. Yeah. And, of course, the other uh, bit of news was the uh, Zach Levi post that we started off with earlier so not a good look for the rock mm-hmm. not good at all go back to wwe dude if that's what you're going to be doing again there's someone there to tell him yes or no yeah there's supervision which yeah. is what dcu now has but dce you did not have releases this week i just mentioned it murder mystery 2 on netflix march 31st so if you want to be able to interact with the discussion of that film next week. Go ahead and give it a watch this week as soon as it drops, right? And you can comment on this video your thoughts on Murder Mystery 2. And we'll uh, we'll work those into next week's discussion. I can't wait. Like, I'm really excited, and I'm hoping I'm not overhyping it. But I don't think I am, so we'll see. Well, we both love the first one, so... I would assume that this is, it's all the same people. Right. James James Vanderbilt wrote the script. Um, and you got your two main stars back. So I, I would assume 
it'll be more of the same. Right. Kind of like Knives Out, how they just continue. Continue doing well with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, Tyler. Listen, I'm excited about this one because you've been written here on the docket. for We don't have any gaming news, so we'll talk about the releases here in a minute. But I want to know, what games you've been playing this week? Tell me about them. I've been playing Tiddlywinks, and I've been, no. I, uh, <laughs> MLB The Show 23 and Out of the Park Baseball 24. Mm. MLB, let's start with that one. How is yeah. it... Uh, any better than the last one more of the same um what are you thinking i can tell that they've they've worked on gameplay a little bit i only took three weeks off or so between the two games and uh it's been a little difficult for me because i was when i ended last year's game i was playing all-star difficulty on almost everything Mm. So I jumped right back into all-star difficulty on this one. And it's, it's taken a little while to get my timing back and, and things yeah. like that. So they've tweaked some of the gameplay, which is good. Uh, there's some stuff I haven't checked out yet because I mainly play Diamond Dynasty. But they have a um, a special storyline. Yes, I'm really excited about that one. From the main menu for the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't jumped into that just yet. Within Diamond Dynasty, you have cards and a program for the World Baseball Classic. So there's players that we haven't typically seen in the oh, game awesome. that are in there. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they've they also got some different legends this year. Derek Cheaters in the game. Mm. Uh, so Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are in the game, whatever you may think of that decision. Um <laughs> uh, they also have a team captains thing now, which a lot of people have been asking for stuff like this in Diamond Dynasty. They do it in Madden Ultimate Team. If you have a team captain, so like we'll say Jeter because he has one of the cards, any Yankees in your lineup get boosted. Oh. Uh, and so you get boosted to different levels based on how many other Yankees are in your lineup. And they ha- every team has team captains. So, And they have them as pitchers. And they have they have pitching team captains and, and hitting team captains. So, so the only way though that the Pirates are going to the World Series is in MLB the Show, though, right? Maybe we'll see what they do in real life <laughs> with guys. Got some good building blocks well, in real life. Well, we got McCutcheon O'Neal. back too. So this year, yeah. Which you got O'Neill Cruz, you've got yeah. uh, Ryan Hayes. You know, you've got some guys who's the. Um, the second baseman that was Nick Gonzalez. Is that? I think so. I, I've yeah. loosely paid attention. Like I, I know last year I didn't pay attention hardly at all. Um, this year I, I plan to do more, especially with, you know, opening day coming up soon and NBA going into playoffs this next month. So yeah, I'll take, so, and especially with the pitch clock. I really enjoy the pitch clock. So. See me, not so much. Really? I, I like, I like the fact that baseball was the only sport that didn't have a clock on it. Mm. And it's just going to take the time it takes to win the game. Uh, so I'm not a fan of it, especially the way it's been used so far, where a hitter's like one second late getting set, so the umpire calls a strike that ends the yeah, game. Yeah, that that I don't. They're going to have to fine-tune that. Yeah. But 
That happens in Game 7 of the World Series, and you're going to have some Oh, people. there are some very, very angry people. Umpires uh, won't make it out of that stadium. No, not at all. Uh, so. so you think you should download get this one on Game Pass? Yeah, I mean, if you're getting it on Game Pass especially, cause you're not, I mean, you're paying the subscription for Game right. Pass, but you're not paying for the game itself. And it's, uh, it's a fun time. You know, you get in there. It's The nice thing about it is all the programs – all the individual programs like the world baseball classic will stay active hmm. all year long. Like you'll be able to log in whenever and do them. So you can kind of bounce back to it. If it's a slow time on the gaming calendar and you want to play some more baseball, um, I definitely would recommend it. Okay. Money to download, especially with me being like a gaming slump right now. Just not yeah. nothing holding my attention, which is unfortunate, but, um, out of the park. What is it like? I know we talked a little bit before. Um, out of the park. It's uh, it's for PC and Mac. I think it's on Steam. Um, it's also a baseball game, of course. It's set up differently, so you're not going to play it the way you would play MLB The Show. You're going to make. If you want to play it game by game, you can make decisions as far as swinging away and stuff like that uh, within the context of a game. I simulate it hmm. because there's so much other stuff to do. Right. You're basically, you basically take over a franchise. You can take over as manager or GM. I do GM mode. And you have full access to the entirety of each organization, from the major league team all the way to the international academy that feeds the Dominican See, roster. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And... At the same time, you can select to have all the other professional leagues around the world activated in the game. That opens up international signings, uh, especially from like Japanese players that are getting put up, um, that are basically taking bids for their services. You know, like we've seen in the past with the Deo Nomo, Shohei Otani, mm -hmm. they they hit the market differently. So you can activate all those. It's very text-based if you don't want to get into the game-to-game -game stuff. So you can just, you're basically keeping track of who's injured, who's not, moving along through your seasons. But it's so in-depth because of that minor league setup that it's easy to lose yourself in it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got to, if you're going to play it to the best of your ability, you've got to keep track of who's performing well at each minor league level who's ready for a promotion you know you've also got to fill all your coaching spots hmm. throughout your system you've got scouts i think there's only one scout in the game that you technically hire but uh yeah it's very immersive so i'll see it, makes me want to jump down that dark hole but i don't know if i could <laughs> It's it's something for me that if I'm sitting there, like if I'm just casually watching a game or if I'm watching TV or whatever, I can pop my laptop open and I can just play that while I'm watching. Oh, let's see. Those games like that are dangerous for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I had I, I played Diablo 4 Beta, um, the open betas this weekend. It, that game's going to be scary because I really, 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 really enjoy Diablo 3. And this one's better and more improved, and it's I'm scared because once that comes, I think it's on June. Um, I'm in trouble. 
because yeah. that, that's a giant time suck. It's got a bunch of different classification systems, a whole bunch of different things you can do. And uh, I will be heavily involved, and I'm worried. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you're if you want to see out of the park baseball in action, there's a YouTube channel called Old School Sports, hmm. and he does out of the park franchises. You can just pull up, watch one of his videos, and see if it's. Free. Send me his name after the show. Just text okay. me that, just because I'll, I'll, I definitely want to look into that because I'm scared about that one too. Um, like I said, no new news this week. Uh, a couple of games coming out: The Last of Us Part One for PC, March 28th. Sifu finally comes to Xbox, March 28th. Sifu Arena's expansion comes to everything, March 28th. Forza Horizon 5 Rally Adventure DLC for PC and Xbox Series X, March 29th. Metal Hellsinger Dream of the Beast DLC comes out on everything, March 29th as well. But ladies and gentlemen, that has been episode 107 of the Nerdwide Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Don't forget, if you want to see our reactions to the Titans' final part two season, whatever you want to call it, trailer, it is live now underneath the Nerdwide Reacts on our YouTube channel. Of course, that is not audio because it is strictly us just uh, reacting to a trailer. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Let us know what you think about it. And if there's anything you want us to react to, let us know down in the comments so we can react to it as well. Typically, we just take, stick to things that you know we review and recap, things like that. Um, social media, you can follow us at nerd underscore wide on Twitter. Uh, me personally at Ty underscore Haynes and Chris at MavTN7. On Facebook, type in the search bar nerdwide, nerdwide podcast, nerdwide.com. Any of those three were the first things that pop up. So make sure you are following us on all those. That's the first way, you know, for any news, especially with Easter coming up because we record on Sundays. That's where you find out what the plans are and what movies we're reviewing, things like that. So make sure you're following us on either one of those. But ladies and gentlemen, as always, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Make sure you follow us and subscribe and share and everything. The more people we get in, the more people um, the show reaches and potentially the more money we can make going down the line to improve the show. So make sure you do that. Thank you so much for listening to the Nerdwide Podcast. And we cannot wait to see you next week. Later, guys.